Coming to you from New York City. This week and every week, it's the Ben Kissel Show. All right, welcome to the show. I'm Ben Kissel with Mike Coscarelli. Hello. This is the Ben Kissel Show. We don't do anything. I don't have any guests. It's really just Mike and myself um, talking about what happened this week in the life of Benjamin Kissel and, dare I say, Mike Coscarelli as well. Dare you say. Dare. dare. Both lives. So let's see. Some fun news for the last podcast on the left, a podcast I do out of Cave Comedy Radio with Henry Zabrowski and Marcus Parks. We beat Mark Maron's podcast for the first time on iTunes, which was a big deal. It's a big deal because our podcast comes from nothing. It's completely organic, all grassroots, no money whatsoever put into marketing just word of mouth and i think that's what creates that is what creates the buzz because we work hard on content and people see the uh the dedication to the craft and they get uh, some information from the show and they rewarded us with some great uh, accolades yeah. such as beating mr mark Marin. so that was a wonderful accomplishment this week yeah other than that i ate i ate eight domino's pizzas uh, that is not an exaggeration. My stomach is absolutely awful. I went to buy underwear and socks today at Kmart, and uh, I damn near had an incident. I had a tummy rumble incident, and I made it to the bathroom just on time. It was humiliating. Oh, no. The whole thing could have completely fallen apart. If you shit yourself in the underwear aisle, yeah. everyone knows why you're there. Yeah, right. You know, they're like, oh, well, obviously he's stocking up. So that's why you bought them? No, that's not why I bought them. I was them. going. I just needed them. Right. I've been needing socks and underwear for months, but I let it go. When I let it get to tatter, it's tattery and disgusting, and, and everyone laughs at me if they see it. But anyway, so I did have eight Domino's pizzas this week, Jesus and you know Christ. what? I'm done. I'm done with Domino's. I have to stop. Them? I mean, it's it's disgusting because what I do is I end up eating one of my roommates' pieces of pizza, and then I feel guilty, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, I have to go to confession, but I don't go to confession because there's no Catholic churches around, and I would burn if I walked into one. <laughs> so I call Domino's and I get a replacement pizza, but I only had one piece. Of the pizza that I'm getting a full replacement pizza for. So now I've got to eat around the replacement slice. Right. Leave them one, maybe two slices. Right. So anyway. Here's a bonus for me being overweight. Yes. Here, my fat, drunk ass ate your pizza. I've ordered us three more pizzas. I know you only you only deserve a slice, but because I'm so gracious and, you know, such a glutton for high-carb, cheesy foods with great branding behind them. Yeah. And there's no better branding than Domino's. Oh, my God. Eight Domino's pizzas later. I feel awful. I, I can't get an erection. I mean, everything's falling apart. I think I'm diabetic. Because of the pizza you can't get an there's erection? There's a lot of hidden sugars. Uh, I guess a lot of hidden sugars in Domino's pizza. Oh, I think so. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it makes, you, it makes you pre-diabetic. Can I ask you, have you ever sure. have you ever tried to do health foods no. or anything like that? Why? No, because they're disgusting and expensive and I think they're vile and elitist. And you know what? I hate these gentrifiers coming into places like Williamsburg, Brooklyn, Bushwick, Brooklyn. Next thing you know, a Whole Foods pops up or a really nice organic shop uh comes in. The whole neighborhood's going downhill. Yeah. If it doesn't come in a package and it doesn't have like a little cartoon character on it telling me it's delicious, I'm not even trying to eat it. Right. Because like, you know, when I was a child, I felt the same way. The food, the taste, the, the texture, the quality of the contents of the package don't matter quite as much as the package. A I, good package yeah. is really all you want. I mean, look at Ted Bundy for crying out loud. Right. Great package. What's on the inside? A bunch of Salisbury steak and the blood of women. <laughs> But on the outside, great packaging, great right. marketing. 
You know, if Ted Bundy walked into the room right now, I mean, we're two straight guys, but let's be honest, we would have to admit to ourselves that is an attractive man. And if he does happen to murder me because he wants us to go help find a boat in the middle of a landlocked state in a parking lot uh, outside of a Costco, yeah. we would help him try to find a boat. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we get a wrench to the side of the head after we try to assist the man. But at least we died doing what we loved, helping Ted Bundy. Right. The man walks in, you kind of get the vapors a little bit. Right. He's got that, you know. Uh, so I eat, appeal. yeah, basically yeah. I eat the Ted Bundy of food, yeah. you know, just package it right, market it correct, uh, correctly. I don't care what the contents are. I will slam it down my gullet, uh, and damn near have an incident in a Kmart when I go to try to buy socks and underwear. I also bought an American flag, a waving American flag, an automated American flag that waves every time it plays the star spangled banner. It's fun to look at. Very fun. And yeah. it's, it was only $10. So that's a, that's a steal at any price. Yeah. It's a great place. I mean, you're going to cherish that for the rest of your lives. I'm going to cherish it. The the way that Trump cherishes women and he cherishes Mexicans, I'm going to cherish my automated American flag that waves every time it plays the Star-Spangled Banner. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. It's powerful. It's America. Speaking of America, Wednesday, I'm going to Fox News to work. And I said, you know what? Today, I'm not going to wear my traditional button-down with my Jose Bank. I still wore the Jose Bank. You got to. Mm-hmm. I wore my Rand Paul shirt with a hoodie underneath it. How fascinating is that, Mike? Why? Pretty fascinating. Okay. okay. And so I'm sitting there at my desk, and sure enough, there's a television show. It's on Fox Business. It's called Kennedy. And the host is named Kennedy. And she was on MTV for a very long time as Kennedy. Yeah. And she used to bring on, she knows Michael Stipe. I mean, the biggest names in, in music. Yeah. She knows them all. And wouldn't you believe it? Somebody gets stuck in traffic. They are in desperate need of a guest. They are scrambling all around News Corp for a hero. Who is going to step up? They asked Andy Levy. He couldn't do it. He was doing Dobbs. And then they looked. They asked a couple of other people, and they were busy too. And then they looked at my way, and I said, I'll, I'll fucking sit there, and I will <laughs> talk about politics. I'll do it. So I got called down, and so Wednesday, I did Kennedy, and if you go back and watch those clips, I got a bit of a beard going, my hair is disheveled, mm-hmm. I looked like a, like sort of a, um, Jerry Connell, Jerry O'Connell? Jerry O'Connell? Jerry O'Connell, is it Jerry O'Connell, the guy from Stand By Me? Yes. Jerry O'Connell. He's hot now. I, he's hot now. Yeah. I look like him between his character in Stand By Me and him now. I'm right in the middle. So I kind of looked like that. Yeah. And people said, did you just come off of the subway train? Were you sleeping on the tracks? You don't sleep on subway tracks. You sleep on subway benches, number one. So uh, so that was kind of exciting. So, But it was the first day that I didn't wear my traditional Fox News gear. And, of course, I get called up to be, uh, to be on a television show yeah. completely out of the blue. So that just goes to show you, spice it up sometimes, and the universe will reward you. Yeah, I think it also goes to show you, too, at a lot of places, you think that um, media places in general uh, have everything kind of laid out, and it's always no radio and TV. A yeah. lot of it is very fly by the seat of your pants. It's all improv. Spit something on. It is everything that you see on television. If you were backstage, you would be amazed at the lack of panic on yeah. the faces of everyone participating. It's mayhem. Yeah. It's true madness. Nothing ever goes right. Everyone is constantly running around, getting screamed at until you hear the five, four, three. And at at three, they're like, you're still a cocksucker. Two, one. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) And it is like unbelievable how much pressure and insanity goes into uh, running these television shows and radio. Yeah, radio is the same way, man. Sometimes you'll be like talking to a host uh, between studios Mm -hmm. and obviously you use the regular mics. uh, uh, to do that in between right. studios, 
you might have like three seconds before a host is supposed to do a spot, and they're just talking to somebody before that through the mic, the same mic that yeah. they're about to do a re- like a live read on, which is a, like a commercial totally. spot or something. Like Mike, like like me, Ron Kuby and I will always have discussions about uh, like my love life, and we'll be talking Ooh. about like tits and stuff, and then he'll mm. go into like a live read for hair care products. Well, within you never seconds. know. Yeah, within seconds. I mean, it almost seems like we are just automated sociopaths who yeah. don't care what we're saying. Which, Which is yeah, possible. It's very possible. It is a possibility. I think so. But that's fine. Well, I, I so it was an interesting week. So the Marin, uh, you know, last podcast doing so well, which was wonderful. Uh, got to do that improv spot on Kennedy, which was great. And then also uh, for my political show, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, I had a great honor. I interviewed governor, uh, former governor of New Mexico, Gary Johnson. How was that? It was really phenomenal. And I was so honored that they allowed me to speak to him for 30 minutes because... Um, Initially, he was doing the 10, 10 to 15-minute press junkets, I suppose. And then the communications director emailed me back. He said, for you, Ben Kissel, we'll do 30 minutes. And, uh, well, they forwarded me the email from the from the uh, communications director. And I was uh, – with the, the guy I was talking with forwarded me the email of the communications director, and he was very complimentary. He said, for Ben Kissel, we'll give him 30 minutes. So I got to do 30 minutes with Gary Johnson. And uh, I was a little bit nervous going in. I have to say, he's a big get. He's yeah. at 10% right now in the polls, although for the Libertarian Party, they oftentimes poll around 10% uh, because people are just like anybody but Hillary, anybody but Trump, or in most cases, the Democrat or the Republican, mm-hmm. uh, whoever they are, and they always look for the third-party Libertarian candidate, and then they meet the person, and then the numbers tend to go down. Yeah, that's usually how that works. But he was a very interesting guy, so that was an exciting moment uh, for me, getting to interview Gary Johnson. Go and listen to that on Cave Comedy Radio, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Uh, he was, you know, he shrunk the size of government 10% in New Mexico. He did some amazing stuff when it comes to repealing a gas tax. He also, um, he, he vetoed the first 200 bills that passed his desk in, in the first six months. Uh, the, no, he, he vetoed 200 bills in the first six months that passed his, uh, passed his desk. I believe there was 423 total. So it was a really fascinating guy, small government dude. He climbed Mount Everest, I believe. Which is insane. Like, actually? Yeah, he's climbing all over the place. He's running marathons. He doesn't drink alcohol, so you can't trust him too much. But he (laughs) loves weed. And he will talk about smoking weed until the cows come home. And I don't even know where that saying comes from, because I don't know why you're letting cows into your house. But um, he loves weed. And he will talk about it ad nauseum. I mean, to the point where you need weed because you feel ill from him talking about weed so much. You feel like a cancer patient by the end of it. Yeah. yeah, It's a weird thing that that's become... uh such a huge topic in I feel like in it. my lifetime because when I started out the big debate was Clinton did he oh he didn't oh inhale. he didn't inhale yeah you know? and now it's something it's actually a political platform where people uh, like libertarians will take the stance totally. and say like I'm so I'm in favor of this I smoke it yeah. I think it's great well I was talking to Gary about it in 1971 he was discussing the legalization of marijuana it's 2016 things have gotten worse and you know just talking to these radicals not even radicals just rational policy minded people in the 70s what they thought 2016 was going to look like, I don't think they won. Yeah, you know, 2016 is a nightmare yeah. uh, state. It is everything that nobody wanted. It is. Yeah. It is a. It, I, I think the term "police state" is a little bit overused. But there's a great documentary right now, all about whistleblowers on Netflix. They follow three CIA agents or two CIA agents and one lawyer who whistleblowed, uh, blew the whistle on the torture tactics uh, that were happening at Abu Ghraib. Abu Ghraib, Abu Abu Ghraib, or Abu Ghraib. Whichever one you want to call it. Abagrab. Abagrab. Which sounds like a kind of a Charleston Chew type it candy. It does, yeah. yeah. Mm, Abagrab. Get him on the boardwalk. Mm. Taffy. Oh, I love a good taffy. 
Well, I got sidetracked. But anyway, uh, so that that documentary was just discussing if when the government wants to come after you at this point, uh, it is extremely simple. You are monitored. We all we are all monitored. I mean, 2001, 9-11, 2001 ruined this entire nation. Anyway, yeah. so you have someone like Gary Johnson who's been fighting the good fight on the uh, against the war on drugs for, you know, 30, 40 years now, and they are just constantly losing pretty much every battle, although now things are looking better for the argument when it comes to legalizing marijuana because there's a lot of profits being made in places like Colorado. Yeah. So that's good. So anyway, that was a fascinating interview. I was just going to say, could you, we're talking about the, the state that nobody wanted if you're looking back in the 70s and stuff. Could you imagine the panic attack that someone like Nixon would have if you could see like the transgender uh, bathroom debate going on right now? I don't think that Nixon would even care. I mean, no, so? I don't think so. All that transgender nonsense, that is just political. It's a political hot potato. Yeah. And I mean- at no point was that ever an issue in North Carolina. There were two, what are we going to do with all these trans? Right. Where is, it is just, you know, it is the exact same way that Bernie uses the 1% to galvanize the uh, support from 99% to go burn down a uh, minority population. The same way that Trump uses, uh, you know, Mexicans and immigrants to uh, uh, as blame for the reasons why people can't find work. North Carolina is just pigeonholing, finding a minority group, and they're just galvanizing uh, mass support uh, in order to, like, you know, in order to please a constituency that should just probably go fuck off in the beginning, in the first place. <laughs> sure. So it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I don't think that North Carolina thing is going to hold up. Um, and, you know, I mean, Oklahoma, just speaking of uh, a slightly different thing, Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallon, Fallon she just vetoed a bill that would make abortion um, a felony, and you would serve that. like three years imprisonment if you if you performed an abortion. So there are a lot of things going on right now in this country that people from the seventies would be uh, if you told if we had a time machine, you went back in time and you'd be like, "This is what the future looks like." I think they would be devastated. It's worse than the science yeah. uh, science fiction novels made it out to be. Yeah, I guess that's true. Except for the porn, no one really did understand how amazing the porn would be. Yeah, we're, they're going to. That's people, all we got. They're banging in the back of taxi cabs. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. They're telling the taxi cab. They're just confessing to him. Yeah. And some people do pony play. Yeah. You know, you got you, so there's a good a couple of good things. The backroom casting couch. Oh my goodness. They couldn't even conceive that. In the I 70s. don't. Do you think those people actually feel do, 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 are they really going in for a casting? Um I have no idea. I don't think so. I, I don't think, think it's so, all right? staged. It stuff. has to be all staged. But that couch is iconic. That black leather couch I know. against the white backdrop. You know, every time I do the Greg Gutfeld show, we sit on the same couch as uh, Outnumbered and Fox and Friends. Yeah. Filthy couch, I'm by sure. the way. If if you ever come by uh, News Corps, I'll show you a tour. I'll give you a tour. And it's just, I don't, it looks like the casting couch if the casting couch was white. I mean, the man make a, made cum. a great strategic decision. Black leather. Right, yeah. Wipes yeah. off easy. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's slippery and slidey if it need be. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So you don't think that those are? I, I, it's so tough with with porn out there now because they're good actresses now. You think so? I think I think that. Uh, or like, are they no really way- that miserable? I don't know, dude. The only I don't watch a lot of porno, but the one, the two that I do like are the backroom casting couch and the the um the the taxi cab one where the the guy drives around and uh, uh-huh. taxi agent whatever the hell it's called. And there's so no funny. way that all those girls are just like, uh, like he just asks like, hey, can, I, so can I, I, I fuck you in the back of this taxi? So cab? you just get off on con men. So uh, you would just, like you would like if you were in like the 1400s, you would just be like that snake oil salesman, something about him. I like the fantasy of, yeah. of someone getting in the back of the car and it's like, it's like, like, uh, it's just like with like Jimmy Fallon, the taxi driver, uh, we know the comedian Jimmy Fallon, he had yeah. that experience in real life. It doesn't seem that hot in real life. 
Jimmy Fallon banged somebody in the... No, but he had people uh, have sex in the backseat. Back. He spoke about it when we had him on the show a few months back. Yeah, I guess if you're driving and someone else is having yeah, the what sex, can you do? You, you got to do 10 and 2, hands on the wheel. Yeah. You know? You, you don't think you could tell him to stop, though? What are you gonna guys, d- can you not do that? I'm driving this cab. I don't know. Maybe you slam on the brakes really quick or right. you know, put on some Creed. Creed. Uh, Scott yeah. Stapp will dry a woman right up and yeah. soften any penis. You just blast the radio, turn on like like the talk station. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, who knows? Maybe Laura Ingram will get the guy going. Yeah. Maybe. So that's tough to say. Okay, but yeah, I was I'm I'm very conflicted about the um the sheer volume of smut. And by the way, uh again changing a bit to, uh off topic here, just talking about what got me going this week. Did you see that ridiculous salon article? Speaking of the speaking of the um the just continual downward spiral of the morality of this culture, not to get all like a Mike Huckabee with it, yeah. but we're really living in some dangerous times and if we go too far to the left and just allow everybody to do everything they want to do and we continue to um you know prop up and um try to uh try to normalize bad behavior we're going to really fall off the rails salon.com had an article Joan Walsh is the editor she is the worst <laughs> salon walsh or salon.com they had an, the, the name of the article was i'm not a monster yeah. I'm a pedophile. We talked about this on the Social Villains podcast. Today. Okay, it was yeah. Listen to the Social Villains podcast. Okay, so what do you, what was your take on it? Because I thought it was repulsive. I vomited. I put a little tweet out there. I did foster care. Many of my foster brothers and sisters were molested. This yeah. is disgusting. And the guy, they have a video of the man doing a Skype chat talking about how he was hanging out with a five-year-old. He got yeah. so hard, he had to go relieve himself. Boo-hoo. Yeah. Talking about how he's never going to have a normal life. We're supposed to sympathize with this guy. And the, what I really hated about it, and I want to hear your thoughts on it, Mike, and we'll just wrap up the episode after this fun sure. conversation. <laughs> um, what I hated about was the term coming out, because I thought the gay community has worked so hard to repel the idea that gays and pedophiles are one. They were, for a very long time, put under the same sexual deviancy, devi- as, as deviancy, deviancy? They were under the same tent yeah. of, uh, of deviant behavior by many people's That's ideas, yeah. which is disgusting. Obviously, gay people uh, uh, and pedophiles are completely different. So I hated it when he's like, I'm coming out as a pedophile as if it was some grandiose event and he deserves a pride festival because of it. No. And number two, I hated the, um, the, the, there's the whole notion of it, uh, uh, pedophilia as a sexual orientation because what that leads to is laws that are then going to protect these monsters who harm children. Um, so as soon as you start to rationalize as, as an orientation and as soon as we start encouraging people to come out, I think it becomes very dangerous. I do understand we don't want them to just be underneath, uh, you know, like mites in, in wood, uh, you know, underneath gnawing at the um, at the fiber of our society. So I don't disagree with the idea of pedophile seeking help. But to me, that Salon article was not about him seeking help. It was about him seeking acceptance. And I can't accept you. You are a pedophile. Sure. I think that there is uh, to. To just be clear, that guy, he he made this video. He didn't actually abuse anybody, right? No, he did not. So, but he's also not a hero for not. Well, I don't know if I agree And also, with I don't that. know if he didn't abuse anybody, well, quite he's frankly. he's saying he didn't, right? Yeah. Uh, he's a I, pedophile, so take it with a grain of salt. In some ways, my heart goes out to somebody who knows that they're broken. Because that's not the same thing as being a homosexual. That's no. not a that's not a bad thing. It's not, to be it's not gay. broken to be gay, right? There's there's something wrong with your brain if you're looking at uh, you know six year old children, yeah. and and being sexually aroused by that. So there's a you know 
the natural thing to do, I think, would would be to fucking abuse a kid if that's the if that's the way your mind works. So in a way, uh, it's a great thing that he hasn't done that. I don't think that that yeah. makes him. My heart goes out to somebody who who can't not think that way because that's a that's horrible. But also at the same time, I, I agree with you. I don't think we should be making it. Uh, trying to normalize it the way we've tried to normalize homosexuality like it's it's not unusual now to see two gay men uh with a family on like a macy's ad yeah right? absolutely not That's, it took years and years right. of struggle to to allow things like gay adoption and it's still uh extremely controversial in many parts of the country and certainly many parts of the world where gay people are still getting murdered in masses in places like haiti and many other uh countries right so, so it's, yeah. a, it's definitely different than homosexuality because that's not a that's not a thing that hurts anybody. No, and, it's two adults. That's the right. key. That's the libertarian. Live and let live. Two yeah. adults should be able to do whatever they want. I don't care if they are, you know, constantly spraying each other with pesticides right. if that gets them hot, yeah. uh, hard. I don't even care what you're eating Cheerios in bed. Right. You could even do that as an adult. But then what starts to happen when, uh, I mean, I guess that's what the what consent is there for in general. But I was going to say. Five-year-olds what, can't consent. Yeah, five-year-olds can't consent. But what happens when you, you have these, like, fucking Appalachian families and not to you know, single out that region. Of the, I'm just no, the great moonshine kind of, over there yeah. in Appalachia. Great but people. What happens when there's like a, like a 13 year old whose parents are just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, starts well, to marry like a, like a 30 year old man. And, and that's just, that's a story that makes it. Well, you know, I mean, it's interesting because this is, you know, I mean, obviously I think 13 and 30 is disgusting, but I mean, given the population, God knows if you're in Appalachia, I'm not sure. Right. Um, but you know, what really does uh, bother me is uh, the uh, sex offense laws when it comes to teenagers sexting other teenagers, a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, yeah. even two 16-year-olds, they charge them with with spreading child pornography. It's their own bodies. Right. You know, I mean, so there's a whole huge gray area that has to be addressed because technology has advanced so quickly that adults are just like, what? You're taking a picture of your penis? It's like, yeah, it's pretty simple to do. Right. And they're like irrational 15-year-olds and they have a huge wad apparently at this point. I don't even know. Whatever. (laughs) The guy's got a big magnum going on. I'm like, okay, if I was 15, maybe I would have taken one too. Probably not. I was too fat to see my penis. But if I had a good one, you know, God knows what what we would have been doing. Yeah, I mean, so, and it's also that that in particular, that's a very normal thing to do these days. That's not going back to the pot argument we were having about politicians totally. who were like, "Yeah, I love pot now." It's a it's a changing landscape. You're allowed mm-hmm. to do that, I guess, now at this point, as long as it's eighteen and eighteen, or you know, whatever the new laws should be with sixteen and sixteen, as long as they're in the same age group. Sure. Uh, well, it's normal. either way. Salon's disgusting. Pedophiles. Uh, you know what? I mean, the sympathy level is very low. I just want to say yeah. it is. I think it is the two prongs of having gay brothers and then having so many molested foster brothers and sisters. I just, I just hate it so much. And I don't even care. You know, I was getting. I, someone, someone called me. Uh, oh, something phobic. I don't even know. Pedophobic is going to be a term soon because you're against pedophiles. I yeah, will be always, careful. I will go so <laughs> happily into the into my twilight years, um, it, it being a pedophobic. Yeah, I will die. I will die a happy man, uh, and the society can call me any sort of ism they want right. because if I I will constantly mock pedophiles. I think and it will never support them. I think you'd be on the right side of history. I hope so. That, well, you, you know. never know where history is, where the future is going to go. Who knows? Um, yeah, so that's pretty much been this week. Kennedy appearance, very fun. Did Meghan McCain. Meghan McCain's doing extremely well. I'm still John McCain. I'm his favorite guest. So that was very nice. Thank mm-hmm. you, Mr. McCain. Thank you for your service. <laughs> he I is see. a hero. He is a hero. Yeah. He's a true hero. Uh, yeah, last podcast on the left, doing well. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat interview with Gary Johnson. Check that out. Mike talking about uh, with my roommate, Travis Irvine, 
on Social Villains this week. Check yeah. out that podcast. Travis is great. Uh, Travis is a wonderful guy. Uh, check out the Roundtable of Gentlemen on Cave Comedy Radio and uh, the Red Eye Podcast. I think that's actually starting to really pick up. It's yeah. it's doing well for the show. Star studded. It's star studded. It's me, Tom Shalhoub, Andy Levy, and writer Tim Diamond, who is also a stand up comedian and an overall great guy. Find my, uh, Mike on uh, Twitter at Mike Coscarelli and Instagram as well. I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram. Apparently, I have 140 followers. I have no posts and I follow no one. But uh, it's Ben G Kissel. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I don't have my password still, so I, I can't log on. We'll figure it out. We're gonna we, we figure gotta it get out. you Instagram. Uh, I guess so. You're number five, five on the iTunes charts. Now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We you gotta, gotta get you. Instagram. Oh goodness, I don't. There's so much stuff. Can't people just go back to Twitter? Isn't Twitter gonna come back? Nah, Twitter's not making it. It's come done. Back. It's yeah. Young people don't want to read. Oh, um, it's just, just very, pictures. very few words. It doesn't matter. Very few words. They don't want any. They want no words. No words. Mm. Well, find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't write a lot of words. Th- nobody does. I do a lot of emojis. They like emo. You're getting closer to the right direction, uh, but man, your audience is not on, on Instagram anyway. I don't think. Oh, well, I don't know. They're, your people like Twitter and and, and no, they're Facebook all over. And, Everyone's always you know. on. Yeah, I don't know. I can't keep up. You Instagram's know? for like I'm just hot happy. Chicks. Vi- oh, is that right? Super hot chicks like models get like a million uh, followers, and it's like the model who's in that blurred lines video. Oh has sure, like ten million. And so she's because she's gorgeous, and she's always posting pictures of her. Oh yeah, insane body. Remember, the, when, remember when that was a fake controversy? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, people like to get outraged for no reason. Poor Alan Thick's son. Yeah, that's what I call him. I don't call him whatever is Robin Thick. It's just Alan Thick's son. Get over here. You know, whatever. I hope his wife comes back to him. <laughs> that was a big thing. Um, all right, everyone. Yeah, message me. Let us let us know what you think of the show. Uh, I mean, and honestly, I think we're just going to keep it, Mike and I. Um, because frankly, it's just easier to produce this way because I know fun. that we have to be here. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know what? Maybe you can message me some questions on Twitter or whatever you want to know. Or I don't know. Do That'd whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Can you do that? Message us. Que- do we have a? Uh, how, where should they message us? Just message me on Twitter or message Mike on, on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Message yeah. one of us on Twitter. We'll, we'll oh, read and them. Somebody did actually hook up a Facebook page. A fan did. Um, For our show. Yeah, this Brent. Show. I think it was Brent Strizak was his name. Um, for this show. So it's the Ben Kissel show. It's on Facebook. I haven't actually looked at the group yet, but huh. we can start doing that if you guys want to have conversations there. Um, so check that out. And of course, yep, check out all the other shows. All right. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye.